0: All right, back here on the Sports Grind. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark, producer. Mr. Sands, the one and twos, 1-800-707-9760. Today's show is being presented by HazelSkyOnline.com. And this next segment is going to be sponsored by Integrity Visors of Agency of Stephen Reese. Stephen Reese is a fully virtual insurance broker who can handle all your insurance needs, whether they're auto, life, home, or renters. Just give them a call. His number is 210-641-4000. That is Integrity Visors Agency of Stephen Reese, official sponsor of the sports grind. Okay, so um, the next phase that we'll get to uh, in the NFL winter meetings uh, would be, honor meetings, excuse me, baseball, um, is the, what we talked about is the uh, Rooney rule tweak. So you were going on and asking the question, have we gone too far? And I've seen, um, and we've got some interaction with Claudia and Carl Polk on uh, Facebook Live. I want you to read, uh, yeah, the Carl's comment there.
1: Yeah, it's saying, uh, I hate as a black that they are forcing minority hires. The word "force" makes my butt itch.
0: Um, look. Verbatim. Look. Um, let me t- <laughs> let me go ahead and attack that. I like what we could make Sam laugh. Um, I like that part. Of let, let's attack that part and and group that into what your question was. Like, have we gone too far? Have we gone too far in forcing and all that? Look. Okay. This really stems that the NFL is a multi-billion dollar machine. Okay? That's the obvious. And in the last couple years, the NFL has had a PR battle with minority groups, mainly the African-American groups, from coaches to players to everything else about trying to get more diversity in the league. The one thing that they've had for a long, for decades now is the Rooney rule. All right. But now you're, we changed and we've evolved to where there's bigger issues because like, again, you know, like the great Jay-Z once said, men lie, women lie, numbers don't. The numbers have showed, and the reason why they're adding this on the offensive side, because the numbers have shown that there is, have not been that many African-American offensive coordinators given opportunities of having jobs. And the ones that get them, the few, like Caldwell comes to my mind, Um, a few of them, you know, Eric B's there. Byron Leftwich. They don't. He just got in the party. But, yes, very rarely they get head coaching jobs, with the exception of Caldwell. Hugh Jackson. Yeah. He's got Um, twice. But it comes down to where – It's been a stigma in regards to NFL, just like they went through with the black quarterback situation in regards to the offensive side of African-Americans. Now it's evolving that you've got to add the women involved. Why? Because the women, NFL, let me tell you something, baseball and NBA owners are jealous of the NFL and the female fan base that they have. Because their female fan base spends money. They spend, I've said this before on this show for years now. Lisa Milano, okay? Who's the boss? Used to watch her every night at 10.30 before I had to go to bed. Okay? Which I was kind of basically wondering more like, Tony, man, when the when her mom. Man, when are you going to do something with Sam's mom? Anyway. The deal of it is, is that it was genius to have her come out and be that created this whole NFL line. Okay, I think Aaron Andrews is the one that's kind of pick up the baton and that's the face that's going for it now. But that has caused them to they ring the register. So now it's like, well, when these women are showing up with their husbands or their boyfriends, we would like to see them look on the sideline and see see somebody looks like them, too. That's their gender. That's why you add that in because this has been one of the things since the Me Too movement and the quality women women. It's there now. So the NFL is the biggest fish in the pond, in the lake, in the ocean. And the bottom line of it is they are trying to steady continue to win a PR battle. Now, what Carlin Polk is trying to say, which I can relate to, is that even as these coaches, Brian Flores' the world, whatever, is African, you want it to be given to you off your merits, off of what you've basically done. And that's the reason why, even part of the Rooney Rule, a lot of guys, a lot of brothers, they end up saying like, "Hey, I don't even want to go to the interview because I know I'm just basically the token that's basically trying to meet the quota." But then they'll the other side will tell you, "Don't give that opportunity for the experience." The only way diversity is really going to be fixed in the NFL totally, it just really comes down to ownership. There's got to become more minority owners. That have the cause it's not just about getting the money and getting the group together to go get the money. There's a lot of African American and black people that are wealthy that's on the Forbes list that got the money. It's about do they vote me into the treehouse? Or did Billy's mom say, uh, you don't let kids like that in the treehouse, Billy? That's really what it comes down to. It's not gonna change until basically they want it to happen. That's the reason why I think it's a lot of pressure. On the Bowen family in Denver, since that's the next one up for sale. And we're just waiting and waiting. Now you got that fire that happened in Invesco in that they're trying to say that that's a challenge for the new owner to even fix that. That's another expense to inherit it. You know, but they, I, that's why I believe they're under pressure to look at the black minority owners that are trying to buy that team. Okay? Oh, y'all don't want Denver to be the first one to make history on that. You know?
1: And y'all don't want that to
0: happen. Coming in darkness, everybody. Darkness is spreading. But anyway, um anyway. So that's the deal. It has to start with the ownership. It has to start with ownership. So that's the thing. But again, it's a thin line, you know. But now they've included the women. Now it's there, and we just got to see how it goes. We got to see how it goes. But the numbers are definitely alarming. If they could sit there and say, "Hey, man, you know what? You heard it in the ticker." Hey man, ten times the offense possession touched the ball. They won the last ten overtime games. We got that. They got data on like uh, Caldwell. Oh, was a long time ago. Has he got hired again? No. But well, they're looking at this too because it's been put the pressure on them. And this all started with the genie out of the bottle, with the hand in the cookie jar on Colin Kaepernick. This is how all this stuff got started. And all of a sudden, it's rolling downhill. And it's like, damn, we gave them halftime. What the hell else they want? Because I, I guarantee somebody raised their hand in the meeting down in Florida. Like, damn. Didn't we let Dre, didn't we let West Coast get on the stage? What else they want? Told you, Roger, you took that damn music with that. What did we call him, the jigger man? Yeah. So that's just what it is, man. But I love the shield. But it's a challenging situation. I see both sides of it, but that's just where we're at. But to me, that damn overtime rule change, and and, and to me, that's just like, where does it stop? If I'm I'm an NFL official, like, I've got to be complaining. Like, we need a voice, too. Like, how many times are y'all good? Y'all don't want to pay us really full-time. We should be around the clock 365. It's not just about paying a full-time. It's about actually having them in seminars, keeping them under your off-season programs for 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 officials. If I'm official, how much do y'all want us to learn? Y'all change rules on us every off-season. And then we're the one that's killed on Sundays through social media. All oh, these refs suck. They miss this and this or whatever. It's a lot more pressure, but they constantly change these rules 1-800-707-9760 switching gears a little bit uh the buffalo bills getting a new stadium 1.4 billion dollars this is supposed to be um the most out of this state out of you know state-of-the-art type of facility 1.4 billion the thing that stood out to me they got 800 million dollars in taxpayer money up there to fund toward this stadium that is a lot That lets you know how much the Bills Mafia in that city and that state up there in New York, how much they care about them Bills. Now, the one thing, give them props. No, don't. They will speculate like, hey, man, it's up to keep that home field advantage. Bill Mafia, they don't care. They're liquored up anyway for hours before kickoff. But one point four billion supposed to be open by 20. I think 2026. They're going to break ground on it here pretty soon. Josh Allen be going right through his prime, be right in his prime. At that time, cresting a new stadium. Now, I don't know if it's going to have one of the retractable roofs, or not whatever, because I damn sure tell you. Um, they'll, they'll be trying to punt down on Buffalo. In regard, cause you know when you open a new stadium, you're supposed to get a Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah. Go cover a Super Bowl in Buffalo. Up in Siberia in february so i don't know if it has a retractable roof i've seen some of the specs but that's the thing that stood out about me because i know the whole rumor has been about them getting a stadium but the thing that stood out was basically the whole 800 million in public funding that they're gonna and i think the bills are what having to put up like what 600 maybe yeah around there That, that i mean come on i guarantee you it's what Sam. You shaking your head? You totally just you, you kind of disagree with this on this one about the fact. Oh, okay. I thought you meant like you were upset kind of with the the funding that public. No, I'm just kind of, shaking okay. my head because yeah. it's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, and that and that's the reason why I feel like think about it. If push came to shove, and we had to go into cash coin to give our 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 nickels and stuff to get cash, and everybody had to look under the seat or basically w- look for a little bit out of that check that you get how much money could we really raise to get a new arena for a five time champion buffalo ain't never won nothing I, I, what what can we raise down here in San Antonio to keep a five time champion organization in this city if push came to shove it had me start thinking i'm like damn buffalo i under k gun offense marv Levy, bruce men i love them all but damn they ain't want but they just raised 800 million and was okay by taxpayer money to help fund this thing.
1: The other terms surrounding this, and it's a, it is technically a little bit more there, Cal, it's 850
0: So 850 So tack another
1: $50 million on that, and that's Man. what you've got according to the Buffalo News. But what that comes with, though, is a 30-year lease. 30-year lease. So you know that you're going to have the bills playing there for the next 30 years. The next 10 of that most likely with Josh Allen. Playoff games. Probably two or three two or three playoff games per year. They can income off that concerts. Go ahead and expand the NFL season out to 20 games.
0: Still a lot. Add of money some more game, ra-
1: game revenue. I get it. You'll, you'll make it back, to, and you'll hand, hand over fist. I don't think that's going to well, be I'm an issue. I'm not talking issue. about the owners. I'm talking about just the tax, like, even, even from the, the public. But, but But you're talking about, I mean, it's coming from, what, 250 million of it's coming from the county itself, too. Some of it coming like, hotel tax
0: and, and rental car tax it, and all
1: that. Yeah, but it's going to kick right back around. I mean, you can look at the financial. I, I, I'm surprised somebody, maybe they have, maybe they haven't done it, the impact, uh, economically, here in San Antonio, when when the Spurs are in the playoffs versus the last four years without the playoffs, oh, it,
0: it trust me, it's been a bad. See
1: how that impacts the hotel
0: industry, the bars, the restaurants. Let me tell you, I've been doing this show for a while, and and I, I, I've talked to, I've had clients and talked to bar owners back in the championship runs and stuff like that. Back in the day, in the oh four and all that, they would actually there was I am not going to say their name, but there was a particular bar down here that would automatically sit there and and project their whole 12-month budget and what their annual is going to be based off a of time between April, the start of Fiesta, because it wasn't because of Fiesta, because the Spurs playoffs usually start all the way to June or May. And a lot of bars were surviving and eating like that off here, down there for a while. And trust me, it, it started to, even before the big three got out of here, it started to already take its dividend. So, that would be if they did a state. It, it's a lot. It would it would be a lot of impact that's been lost due to the fact that they're not been in the playoffs. They're not championship. Count. It's a lot, especially for a one pony town. As we got the Spurs, and that's the only professional team we actually a major professional team we have.
1: Right, and so you're banking on being able to maintain that for the next thirty years. You also have NHL in town, so they're they're and they're increasing their outdoor games. Every year, I think they played four this season all out, outdoors in football and baseball stadiums. So you might be able to lock down a, you know a handful of those over the next you know thirty years, and that's just all, all that's that's going to be businesses, everything. I think that it, it works
0: around, and you're again the, the guarantee for a thirty year lease is huge. Yeah, I feel you, but that's a lot to step up for a team that is not. Yes, they, they won. They've got history, but they haven't won championships. They've been to four straight Super Bowls. I don't think that's ever happened again. But again, it just had me thinking in other, not just our own backyard, but other towns and other sports, could they step up for that? Now, I don't think the Bills really got to the point where they were about to, you know, strangle on them, but it kind of had been like that. You're shaking my head. Yeah. I know over the years, I've heard rumors like, Hey, we could lose the Bills. They could move. I never thought like there's certain teams. I never thought NFL was going to let the Bills flee. I mean, I, 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 and I don't even think that town, I never bought into it, period. But it did, when I saw the numbers of how much public money funding they got, I'm like, damn, they stepped up. You know, they stepped up. And it started to make me think, like, what will we do stuff? And see, I know how this town is. And let me tell you something. It, 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 you know, instead of big picture, the way you broke it down, like, hey, you're talking about concerts, you're talking about this and that or whatever. I, in my opinion, not all, but the majority of us down here and the way this city's ran, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be thought like that. It would be just like, man, they ain't even, yeah, we got five. They ain't even winning now. What's the last we be to playoffs? We don't need anything. We don't need no new arena. It's just it comes down to that sports mentality and that sports talent that I talk about it. But that's $1.4 man. I, I remember when Jerry did the one, when Jerry's world was out for a billion, that just blew every, everybody back. Then you got Cronky that did the one in L.A., and I forgot what the price tag was on that one. And now we're at 1, $1.4 1. 4 And that's the reason why NFL teams at the minimum are going to sell for about three to four billion dollars probably four billion you know because of just how much the stadiums are making but if you can build that for a stadium and like i always say you paying off 230 million dollars guaranteed to a quarterback go look at how much he's really making and that's really what it comes down to and again these players are starting to close that gap and going and finding that out
1: so five was five billion by the way <laughs>
0: But, see, that was also done as the thought of the Olympics coming back to the country, the main Olympic thing. So that was taken into a lot uh, consideration, you know, on that in regards to that number. But, yeah, they're definitely up in the Bs. Also, uh, before we leave NFL uh, meetings as well, Jerry Jones finally broke his silence on the the, the decisions of the Dallas Cowboys in the offseason. And he spoke with Amari, and he said, hey, we had about 12, I think he said, 12 to 14 players, something like that, that we had to evaluate the production based off of what the pay was based off the cap situation. And in other words, when he looked at it, when we talked about Amari, looking at other people, and he just said the other words were just pretty much flat, like I've been saying. Amari didn't live up to that contract that I signed off on just a few years ago. So he was out. He got to Randy Gregory. And, you know, Jerry always has those one-liners and everything, and he claims to him that the decision was for him to pull back on the deal once there was some back. You know some pushback on the language and Randy Gregory, and he said, "I made the call to go ahead and now there's reports out there sources say that Jerry is very livid, how it went down and when they go, but he claims that he was on the phone with the agent and you know Randy Gregory, and he allowed it Now nah, we'll pass on that, yeah, okay, yeah, okay, and I'll add to that." When we get back and we'll touch on some other things before we get out of here, you listen to the sports grind today's show is being presented by Hazel Scott online. We'll be back. Ready for a real cocktail? Introducing new Zingzang ready to drink cocktails in a can. America's number one Bloody Mary mix with vodka. Zingzang margaritas, tequila included. And whiskey sours with real Kentucky bourbon. Ready for no one to have to bartend. Real cocktails, real ingredients, really good. New Zingzang full strength canned cocktails. Legendary taste, legendary day. Always ready. Go to zingzang.com to find where to buy. Please Zingzang responsibly. I get around. All right, back here on the Sports Grind. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark, producer, which stands for the one and twos, 1-800-707-9760. Today's show is presented by HazelSkyOnline.com. And this last segment of the day is going to be sponsored by Zing Zang. Two words, a key to any perfect cocktail, and that is Zing Zang. All right, make sure you go try out the different flavor pre-made alcoholic drinks, or you can just stick to the original mix and add your own alcohol that is Zing Zang, official sponsor of the sports crime.
1: You are very on brand today.
0: Yeah. Usually I try to be. I mean, that's what they pay me to do. If anything else is in rotation or I can't find anything else, like I wore that. I didn't do laundry here. I put it on. Um, but a couple of things before we get out of here. The other NFL news note besides the whole rules change that we spent a lot of time on and all that um, is that Andy Dalton has gotten another new home. He's going to the 504 New Orleans. To add to that quarterback room with Jameis Winston. You know, we didn't really talk about it, but the Saints ship Trevor Simeon out. Trevor Simeon's going to Chicago, I believe it was, the Bears, uh, to be in that quarterback room. But um Andy Dalton, I mean, you know, again, you know, I'm not to be a dead horse, but again, Baker needs to take a page out of this, man. I mean, he's gotta call Andy Dalton up, you know, TCU alum. He's got a, Jonah, you can shake your head like, no, he's in that group. I I, I don't care whether we, the bottom line is Baker is in the Andy Dalton group. not saying that he's not better than Andy, but he is in the Andy Dalton group. He's in the Mitch Trubisky group. He's in all those groups that had to go to quarterback rehab and go carry a clipboard and wait for your opportunity to go. Now, I believe that the Seattles of the world, um, and I believe these other teams are sandbagging because, again, they just know, like, look, man, you're going to have to cut them. This is a standoff. But what I'm saying is, is that back to the point, Andy Dalton is a guy that was never really bought in and sold in in Cincinnati. They never really went and spent out a bunch of money in free agents while he was there, in my opinion. Uh, but he's found himself really in that backup role. He stopped at Dallas, you know, was able to start a couple games there, of course, because of Dak's injury. You know, back, they moved on from him. And now he's a journeyman. Now he's basically back, you know, backing up or going in. Because, I mean, now maybe, you know, um, Mike Nolan down there says it's an open quarterback competition. You know, maybe he doesn't. But I think Jameis Winston is the guy that's probably they're going to roll with. And I think Andy Dalton is just that security blanket, uh, you know, per se. I think, you know, out of everything I've heard before we transition a little bit back to the NBA, everything that I've heard in the NFL in this offseason and everything and coming out of the Giants, I think that basically the New York Giants, to me, are one of the most interesting quarterback situations going into this season because it's almost, to me, like a false type of you know, commitment, I think, to Daniel Jones. I mean, all the owner has done is basically say that we haven't done anything to help this guy. But the question is, are you really committed to him? And then also, this uh, came out today, that they're saying, hey, we're not taking offers for Barkley, the running back. I don't believe that. That came from somewhere. The bottom line is you have so much information that leaks out in the NFL now, it makes harder for GMs to trade people. It really does, because things get out before to where like, hey man, you really don't want this guy. You but oh no, man, he's really good guy in the locker room. Can I get that second for him? No, and that's what's going on. But it's going to be interesting. But New Orleans, they got a a guy in there that can you know service the backup in case Jameis Winston doesn't complete the season, can maybe win some games. I still think the Saints got a championship style of defense, and they just got to play. That's the key. Jameis just not going to have – he needs to cut down on the turnover, which I think when he first started with Sean Payton, they were working on that. But Sean Payton's not walking uh, through their door. One other note, you know, we're sitting here today is March the 29th. Yes. And the New England Patriots still haven't named an offensive coordinator. Now, Bill, if you follow Bill over the years like I have, you know Bill is not really big on titles, but that is really something to me. And I'm hearing r- rumors that Pat, Matt, Pat Patricia, which came back to New England last year after being fired by Detroit, is kind of leaning more in that offensive room. But I'm like, damn, any defensive coordinator? But, you know, anything, a madness genius, which is Bill Belichick, he'll try anything. But yeah, they haven't named an offensive coordinator. Uh, since Josh McDaniels left for the black hole down there in the desert. So I think that's interesting as well, too. NBA, um, the Lakers are back in action tonight. Um They're pretty much, I think, LeBron and Anthony, well, we know Anthony Davis, but LeBron's listed as doubtful. This ankle situation is really still flaring up on him, and you have to wonder. I know you've been calling for it to be just shut down, but he's he's pretty much listed as doubtful tonight as well. Um. Also, I talked to you about in the first hour uh, with the Clippers and Paul George. We brought up that. He's inching close to return, but I totally disagree with that. And your San Antonio Spurs, who do they have up next? Who, who's up for the Spurs as they quest to try to see if they can get that 10th or 9th spot?
1: The Grizzlies tomorrow. Mm. And I was reading...
0: They're a good the, ball
1: club. That the Spurs, They are a pretty good ball club. I was reading that the Spurs uh, have the fourth toughest remaining schedule. And the Lakers have the toughest. So if you're looking at, again, that play-in situation, they're a half game back uh, in the standings uh, behind the Lakers. So the Spurs can pull off a win or two. I don't I don't know that you have to beat the Grizzlies quite. You still have a back-to-back home games against the Trailblazers. That should really help you. But you could, they could really easily find their way in. And, of course, the Clippers losing their last five.
0: Well, I know LeBron so tried to put it too. out there that, you know, one of the things he's trying is he's trying to inject confidence into the locker room and to his other soldiers around him. That he was talking about that really these teams around this hover down, they really don't have playoff experience. They don't have any playoff experience. I'm like, LeBron, y'all playing this whole damn season. Like, y'all don't even know what the playoffs is. So I don't care whether it's the Spurs. I don't care whether it's New Orleans. I mean, at the end of the day, these, all these teams that are at the bottom, they didn't proven that they could beat y'all regardless. I mean, that and that's the other challenges that LeBron is up against in his later years um, as his body start. I don't want to use the word breaking down on him yet because I don't think it's totally breaking down, but it's starting to – the check engine light is steady coming on. I, I just feel that that the people they don't the the young cats and and even not the young like he's not feared too much even though he's still playing at a high level at his age. and We haven't ever seen a guy in this year like you'd have to go back to Kareem Abdul Jabbar that was playing at a high level at this late in his career. I think he's the only other guy that can come that I've seen in my lifetime that can come to my mind. You know, I'm not old enough. I'm old, but I'm not old enough yet to go to the will to Oscar Rob all that. But I just feel that the other part to that, though, is the psychological, you know, game that LeBron had just the intimidation factor over his opponents. And that's why I think this is a dangerous situation for LeBron um, and the Lakers to be in to even have to get in that plan because he could talk about the teams that are down there with him that has a lack of playoff experience. But he's dealing with a team that and, and dealing with himself where he's at the stage of his career that no one is really fearing him. Per se, in my opinion. They don't look like, damn, LeBron. How are we going to get past LeBron tonight? It, it's not that anymore.
1: And uh, Vegas tonight would tell you as much. They've got the Mavericks minus 12, which is about the same difference between the Nets and the Pistons at minus 14 tonight.
0: Yeah, that lets you know automatically that uh, LeBron's probably going to be out. Like I said, the Anthony Davis is not news. I mean, I don't think you're going to see Anthony Davis until they play in game. Or if they're able to make the playoffs, uh, you know. But no, that will let you know that LeBron's um, going to be sitting out this one, and that's going to be a hard game for them to win. Period. Without him, let alone with him. So we'll see how it all shakes out, uh, playoff wise, it goes. But I, but to me, um, if you look at even with the Heat situation, I think the Heat. I think they had Sacramento. Like they finally got a win against Sacramento, right? Because they were they were winless after that fight, after that whole blow up between Coach Po and Jimmy Butler. But I think they finally got a W against Sacramento last night.
1: They did get the win and that puts them again on top of the East, uh with a, a I think a full game, yeah, over the Sixers and the Bucks.
0: Just not I mean, and usually I've been on this Miami Heat. I've I've kind of respected Coach Spoe and I was with them in the bubble and I and I kinda of, you know respect them. But to me, I'm just not believing in them totally this year. I I I think they're I think they're inflated team that sits up. Uh, I, I think they're that high up. In my opinion, I think they're that high up in the East standings due to the, the Kyrie and the Brooklyn situation. I, I just feel that they're, they're probably the team that's really inflated the most due to the fact that Kyrie showed a late in the season period that wasn't playing with them for a while. And then when he came back, he really didn't play home games. They, I think they're the team in the East that probably and I'm not saying they're not a good team. Uh, I'm, there's a reason why they ended up getting in a little squabble because they were getting their ass kicked in back-to-back games against the Golden State B team and all that. There's just something there that's kind of just missing now. You know, it's going to be interesting because you still got a guy that's won a championship in Kyle Lowry that, you know, once the postseason goes. But I, I think they benefited the most with this Kyrie situation.
1: So labeling them as kind of pretenders in a sense as to you don't think that they would be in that spot with that, with the Nets there. Looking across the rest of the East, I mean, you've got the Cavaliers, the Sixers up there, the Raptors, who, who belongs and who doesn't necessarily in that Eastern playoff picture.
0: When you, when you ask me to choose from who now?
1: I mean, just, just looking at your, your, your top eight, uh-huh. let's look at playoff spots, not the play-in spots, but playoff spots. You've got the Heat, the Sixers, the Bucks, the Celtics, the Bulls, Raptors, Cavs, and Nets in that order. So the, so the Heat would sure, okay, maybe drop them to third or fourth if if the nets are fully healthy the
0: only the only series uh, the only way better way i can answer that what you're trying to ask me if if i'm looking at the heat and looking at the eastern conference um i would pick them to beat cleveland i mean if i if, if i look at the series where they're going to win that series right i would pick them i would put cleveland as that um i probably would put the bulls as that as well too and when we talk about the boston's and even the 76ers and the bucks and even the nets and the raptors are the, the only ra- I, and there. i and i would put i would put the raptors so the raptors cleveland the, the bulls and the bulls those are probably the only three teams and bulls is a shaky one uh, but i would say definitely the for sure ones i would say cleveland and the Raptors. The Bulls could end up being a 50 50 series, but that's a maximum out of the eight slots. If you're just talking about the top eight, that I would sit there and say that they have those three that they can win. Other than that, I don't see them as of right now beating a Milwaukee four out of seven. I don't see them beating a Boston four out of seven, not the way Boston is playing, the way they're coaching. And like I said, they're one of the best defensive teams, especially since the All Star break. I don't see them beating Boston or Milwaukee or whoever. I, I just don't see that. And I could totally be wrong. I mean, I don't want to just totally discredit them, you know, um at all altogether. But they're more of in the top. I mean, even though they're a top two team in the East, I just wouldn't sit there and feel comfortable with what I've seen and the way they've had to hit that stretch. And they've kind of stumbled their toe on that. That's the thing. Other than Milwaukee, and that's why I keep saying that I think the Bucks have a really good chance of going back-to-back or definitely winning back-to-back Eastern Conference titles because there's a lot of other they're probably the team in the east with the least amount of question marks i mean i think if you look at philly the question with them is that you know obviously Embiid and harden has gelled a little bit better or quicker than most people anticipated but yet and still when i look at them it's still something lacking whether that's doc style whether it's their bench uh you know and i like maxi i like those guys but they've got question marks um you know, James Harden has been known as sometimes the fail the the flail out in the playoffs. They're kinda of like, you know, we don't get the same James sometimes in the in the postseason we do a regular season. I've documented and told you about Miami, question marks. Um, you know, Boston, they're balling. I mean, they're they're like other than them, I mean to me in the league, East or West, Boston, Memphis. And I would say um, Boston, Memphis, and there's one of one the ones that I'm missing that's probably been the hottest team and the most consistent team since the – oh, Minnesota. Minnesota, Boston have been the most consistent team since the All-Star, the best team since the All-Star break. Okay? the Minnesota, Boston, and Memphis, those three teams there. The, in, in the East, the rest of the team, still, there's still some questions on that. But Boston, if they continue to play, I mean, they would have a good look at ch- based off of their defensive challenge, Milwaukee. But I just still think the Bucks have the least kind of question marks going into the playoffs. On the West side, Um, you know, Golden State, it's weird how their season has went because, you know, prior to the All-Star break and Steph was in that MVP conversation, they were playing lights out. They were rolling I and mean, this is way before even Clay came back. But that Draymond Green injury, they've never really been able to, even though he's been back now for about a week or so um or two max, they still haven't got a chance to find their stride. You know, Steve Kerr was ejected last night from the game for some, you know, some call that was missed, but also I screamed frustration out of that. He's just flustered. Um, you know, a lot of this has been without Steph, of course, uh because he's still dealing with that ankle situation. Uh, that he got with Marcus Martin at Boston game. Uh, but Golden State's season, they've been weird, but I still put them as if they're healthy, and Draymond and Steph, they're still probably the team. And then Phoenix. Phoenix has been the one team in the West, I would say, that's been pretty much consistent since day one, which I thought for sure the way they lost the finals last year and the way they performed – they would taking they would be taking some type of step backwards, but they probably proved me on wrong with that. And again, you had the Chris Paul injury; he had to miss some time. They did a better job floating that. He's come back. They've hit that sink as well too.
1: Well, the team that got the Warriors last night, though, the Grizzlies. I mean, they've been quite consistent down the stretch as well. And again, without Ja, and he tweeted last he tweeted last night about how the team is now eighteen and two without him. That's and coaching, just, man. Shoulder shrug. That's, that's all got co- yeah. It. That's
0: coaching and talent. I mean, I just feel that you know, I still it's starting to question my thought process about them. I know when, when I've brought them up on the show in recent months, I've said that hey, you know, they're might maybe two years away, you know, three years away. But when you talk about going eight and two, eighteen and two with one of the best players in the West, um that's impressive. That's impressive stuff. No. anyway all right man that is a wrap for the tuesday edition special thanks to producer of the show jonas clark special thanks to mr sam spending the one and twos today san antonio austin del rio people up in tyler people in the shot city people down the whole 305 south florida region when that alarm goes off tomorrow morning before you hit the snooze button before you were out the rack just ask yourself you grind in peace see y'all tomorrow